What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the most downloaded and the highest rated truck podcast on iTunes. And we're not just talking diesel trucks. We're talking gas trucks, anything like that. You guys have given this podcast a life of its own. And I had a conversation with someone in the industry recently, and they were asking me, you know, how do you guys do what you do? How do you come up with the content, the stories, the consistency? How do you guys do all this stuff? And the answer is very simple. It's because this is your podcast. As a listener, as a diesel enthusiast, as a racer, we're simply just helping connect the stories to everyone else out there. And that's really the secret of it is you guys, our fans, how passionate you are, how excited you are to share your stories, talk about your builds, the emotional connections that you have with your race truck or your daily driver or something you restored. So we want to encourage you guys that are out there that might have just you know heard about us, subscribed, or maybe you've been a listener for years. If you would like to share your story, you want to talk about a product, uh, a shop that you started and grew, uh, a build, anything like that, send us a message. We want to talk to you. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Just search The Diesel Podcast. Or you can send us an email at info at thedieselpodcast.com. And I love reading your messages. I'm reading them late at night, early in the morning, on weekends. So make sure you send those. And we want to encourage you guys to keep doing what you've been doing. Now on today's episode, as, as of it going live, Fleece Performance has just released their PowerFlow lift pump for the LML Duramax, which is huge. It's been highly anticipated. And we have Braden and Chase Fleece from Fleece Performance on to talk to us about this kit, also the one for the Cummins, and all that went into developing it from the pump, the sending unit, how it installs, how it works in minus 17 degree weather, the power levels it'll support, all the details of it. We know you guys are going to love hearing about this. And we're also going to throw some listener questions. We had asked you guys on Instagram this week, hey, what should we ask the guys from Fleece Performance? So we're going to jump into some 12-valve stuff, cheetah turbos, exhaust brakes, other things you guys have asked. So you're going to want to stick around towards the towards the end to hear the answers from Braden and Chase. Before we get to the podcast, we want to thank two of our partners who help make episodes like this possible. The first is Diesel World Magazine. And they've been a tremendous force in diesel for years. They cover everything. And they don't stop just when race season stops. So year-round, they're getting stories, products, product reviews, product showcases, um, builds, everything out there for all of us to be able to see and find inspiration from in our own, you know, with our own builds or our own race trucks and things like that. So make sure you go to dieselworldmag.com, bookmark the page, check it out. They're updating it daily and stay up to date on the latest in diesel. And also, we want to welcome a new partner to the podcast, and that's Nitro Gear. We had Jeremy from Nitro Gear on recently, and he was talking to us about the need to re-gear our trucks when we go to 35s, 37s, or, or larger tires. And what that can do to save the transmission, increase performance, give us our fuel economy back, optimize that operating RPM range. So you're going to be hearing from these guys more and more. We're going to be talking about more details as it relates to the axles, driveline, gearing things like that whether it's racing or daily driver application so make sure and go to www.nitro-gear.com check out what they got for your cummins duramax or power stroke if you got questions definitely hit them up those guys know what we do to these trucks they understand how we modify them what we're doing with them and so if you've got a turbo 400 behind a 5.9 drag truck they can help you with gearing so they're familiar with all that whereas other places they might not know what you're talking about once you mention turbo 400 and 5.9 cummins these guys do so make sure and check them out all right let's get to the podcast with Braden and chase fleece this is Corey willis with pbi and you're listening to the diesel podcast i'm adam blattenberg from diesel world this is dan owner of dan's diesel performance i'm Cass from diesel doctor of tennessee and you're listening to the diesel podcast
Braden and Chase, it is great to have you guys back on the Diesel Podcast. I think we chatted about a year ago this time about lift pumps, and that's the topic for today is talk about this this new product and what you guys are doing with it. So we're glad to have you back on. Lift pumps, the sequel. Good to be on. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, thanks. We, uh, we kind of shelled the beach a little bit on social media, and we're like, we want questions to ask Braden and Chase about lift pumps. But I want to start kind of at the beginning and ask you guys, why did you decide to make a lift pump? Well, we kind of saw some opportunity in the market. Um, we were installing, you know, a lot of the other guys out there, and we had customers coming in with blown fuses and um, gelled up filters, and you can only handle so much of that as recommending a product before it, you know, starts to uh, wear on you. And I kind of had an idea that hey, let's just look at what factory setups are and see if we can make it better and. We ended up coming up with this, uh, you know, two pump arrangement that is ultra reliable. It's a it's a tier one supplier of, of automotive uh, G rotor pumps. So you aren't reinventing the wheel there. You're just there's two pumps. It's the, each one pump is bigger than a factory Dodge um, in tank fil- filter or excuse me uh, pump and flow. So we've got two of those in there, and they're working out really well big thing I think on my end was the fact that you know we've got a truck shop as well and we're dealing with customers to come in and you know they're ticked off getting their truck hauled in on a tow truck and uh, you know the trucks are gelled up and you know we bring them in figure out you know a and pop a fuse or something like that and restriction the motor just you know can't handle it or it you know get water or something in the motor structures it wasn't sealed up good and there's just plenty of opportunity to make a better product for the in consumer so yeah that's kind of the direction we went and we had a target horsepower goal in mind of around 800 horsepower and on our 2016 Dodge Mega Cab that was uh, the the first truck that we you know started working on this um, lift pump with and we had a set of compound turbos I think it was like a 475 and a like a 366 or something like that had that set up and had 100 over injectors and our 10 mil pump and you know it effortlessly hit that 800 number which is kind of what we you know designed it to do and that being said we knew that the power wasn't going to be an issue we wanted to make sure that the longevity was going to be there we weren't going to have trouble in the winter and uh you know really we've got tons of miles on the lml product which is what we're talking about today um we've had a 2011 truck that i'd say we've probably put 20 25,000 miles on over the past year and a half two years with this pump so we've got a lot of confidence in the product and uh, really looking forward to bringing it to market that 800 horsepower mark is really it's really interesting because i think most trucks fall up to or kind of in that area if you're using it every day and you know just want a little bit more performance is that covers the guy that you know say has an aggressive tune on there but then also if you get into the compound set and the modified cp3 and injectors like you mentioned you can still run the same lift pump verse how it used to be is you know you get one pump you the performance or the fuel demands exceed it and now you got to go buy another one or buy another pump or do something like that so i think it's really cool you encompass such a wide power range in the yeah we want the one pump we want to cover all the bases basically and you know, I feel like it, it accomplishes what we were trying to do. It's not the end-all, be-all pump for everyone. I mean, there's still 
still a place for the other pumps in the aftermarket uh, but these trucks are just so nice nowadays you know you get like a new you know 2016 ram up to you know 2018 the trucks are silent last thing you want is want to hear that big loud pump hanging off the side of it listen to it whine so <laughs> that was kind of our direction remember the first time i put an aftermarket lift pump on a truck i was like is there a pissed off squirrel underneath the truck or, or what's going on i didn't know what it was and you just especially when it gets cold you just you hear them so that's, that's oh, cool. Yeah. I had uh, I had uh, Matt Chambers from Alligator Performance on recently, and we were talking about one of the UCC live builds in his 6.7 Cummins. And he's like, I'm using the fleece pump. And one of the things he mentioned in there that I wanted to ask you guys about is how to install them or installing one of the pumps. And he's he was telling us how easy it was. But how did the install factor into how you guys designed this system for the shop or the guy that's going to do it in his driveway on the weekend we just wanted something that you know it made sense you didn't have a bunch of bracketry and a bunch of hoses hanging down or a sump that you had to install we just kind of tried to think about how the factory did it and uh, accomplished it at a higher level so when you think about that you're dropping the tank anyway if you're going to put in a drawstraw or you know modify the tank i've never put a sump in so i can't speak to that nature but uh you know, you drop in the tank, it doesn't take any time, you know, and you pull the, you know, sending it out. pull the bed. Head. I mean, some guys yeah. pull the bed. It's six one way, you have to do another. But but I, if I had to pick, I'd be dropping the tank any day of the week. It's just easy. You get two straps and, you know, put a trans jack under it and drop the thing down, you're good to go. So, obviously, don't don't, don't drop with a full tank of fuel. That would be very smart. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, one of the the other things guys who are new to diesel they'll you know typically go online and search when they're trying to upgrade the fuel system and they read about you know you get the fuel down below a quarter tank and issues with that this system doesn't have any of those concerns or, or problems Correct. does it yeah so the i mean we we've all been there i mean we've grown up in the diesel industry um and educating a customer that like hey uh, this is an awesome new fuel system, blah, 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 but don't run it below a quarter tank. And they're like, what? And uh, they just don't understand. <laughs> and then one time running out of fuel and they get it. But um, you don't want to have to educate your customer. One, you don't want to lose that capacity. But two, it needs to work like OEM. And like like we were saying, it's um, it, it works just like stock, but can get you that 800 horsepower. Um, and we really don't give up anything. And the way that's achieved is, is not really new technology. It's just something that they've designed in from the factory on most um, fuel uh, buckets or, or uh, modules. It's an active fill, and they put a venturi on the bottom of that uh, bucket, and that sits in a little well or sump, and not to be confused with a hole saw in the bottom of your tank sump, but it sits in that little well and it's scavenging fuel off the bottom the entire time. So as long as that bucket is full, um, people can look on the website what they look like, they haven't seen them, but as long as that bucket has um, got some amount of fuel around it, it's gonna be full of fuel because the return fuel comes into the bucket as well. So it's really neat watching our uh, demo. We may put that up on our website, but you can see uh, there's a little square hole in the top of that bucket and it's just always overflowing with fuel anytime this thing's running. So on first startup, it, fills that bucket and from there um, there's two passive checks that 
keep it full of fuel at all times. So you're always, you've always got positive fuel covering the inlet of those pumps. It can never get air in there. It can never suck air on a first start. So, you know, that kind of segues into another thing. We don't really worry about air separation because uh, we never introduce any air into the system. And uh, to elaborate on that, one way to enter or get air to enter into the system, you know, if you have a draw straw or a sump, if you're below a half tank of fuel and you smash the brakes, your fuel is going to run into the front of the tank. And most of these tanks, they're not they're not baffled well or anything to keep the fuel in there. So that's going to fly forward and it's going to have the opportunity to suck air. You'll hear the pump change tone and the whine will get high pitched. And it has to have a way to get rid of the air or it's going to fill the system and the truck's going to sputter and try to die. So, you know, you do a hard, hard brake or hard acceleration, something like that, and you don't have, you know, full tank of fuel, you're going to enter air in the system. Now for, that, was, that was something I was going to ask you because it's with new listeners that we get or it seems like there's a, a huge trend of people who are getting into diesel trucks, whether they're the older ones or the newer ones is they don't know, well, why is air and fuel even an issue? I've never thought about it. I never had to deal with it on my other vehicles. Is it something where, say, if you have that constant issue, it may not kill the truck, but is it? does it do damage to the fuel system? Is What exactly can that air and the fuel do? Well, I mean, I haven't researched as much as I'm assuming the competitors that, uh, that do sell on that bullet point. But you've always heard that it's you know, uh, these bubbles are going to be in your fuel system and then they burst and like cavitation or whatever, you know, it causes damage to the injectors. But mm-hmm. where we're, we ask these questions to um, TI Automotive, they're a massive global company that, that makes these pumps for us and that we buy the pumps from. And then we create these lift pump assemblies. Um, when you, the way we look at things, if somebody already build something very well don't go try to beat them go try to leverage their knowledge and join up with them and and build something great and so that's kind of what we did we've done and every time we ask them about air in the fuel system they just kind of give us a blank stare and (laughs) from a i've looked through tons of white papers from you know the automotive field and they're really just not worried about entrained air um there's we really don't put much thought to it because we don't introduce any air after that first fire up yeah that bucket never will empty i think you'd have to turn the truck upside down to get it empty (laughs) i I think and if you're upside down you've got bigger problems (laughs) that is true that is true I i think that that's a really key point though for for the people that are listening is because we've been ingrained for so long to ask that question like you know what about the air fuel here's the the thing we're not we're not trying to open up an argument about the air if people want to focus on that and run a different lift pump for that purpose so be it we designed this thing like i said drop right in to a factory truck we want our our target market we've got farmers you know people use their trucks everyday construction workers they can't have the chance their truck gelling up in the dead of winter i think this kind of segues into good point you know we've had customers that we've sold aftermarket lift pumps to and you know like i said been on service calls getting their trucks thawed out in the middle of the hospital parking lot because he was taking his daughter to work i did this i don't know six or seven years ago but long story short it was negative 13 at my house the other day 
started up, went to work, didn't even think about the truck gelling up. Braden's LML, I mean, same, same thing. So that's just, just one of those things that, you know, peace of mind, it goes a long way with us. And, and when, I, when I have a customer walk in our shop and go through the service department and order a lift pump, last thing I want to do is hear them reaming my butt because, you know, they were on the side of the road for something I didn't build but I, you know, suggested to sell. Right. So. I was going to ask you guys with the polar vortex that's hit that region. We didn't get it out here, but I've been hearing stories, and I, I thought I'm sure you guys got some stories or feedback of how cold it was and having these lift pumps on trucks out in the field. Yeah, I I don't know how many of our pumps we had out that, that were involved with it. I haven't heard anything yet about any of them gelling up. I know our in-house trucks – Braden's truck was not treated with any fuel treatment, and mine was. Laziness. And, uh, <laughs> but, ne- but neither of them left us stranded, and it wasn't like it, you know, was cold for just one day. We had, you know, zero for a couple days and then negative 13 one night. Braden said he saw negative 17 at his place. So. Well, the windshield's terrible, too. I mean, it was 20-mile-an-hour, 30-mile-an-hour winds blowing in some weird stuff around us. I mean, it's 51 day, and five degrees the next and it's uh the the windshield though i mean if you've got exposed fuel system components especially with the new ultra low sulfur diesel uh the gel point is so high nowadays and you got to watch this some of these bio blends you don't know what you're getting and you know they gel up quicker so um again our key here we we just we want to build something that just was was simple but functional and uh, you know, hit our horsepower target. I think no news is good news. So I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Just kind of moving on to, you know, some other features of the pump. I mean, if you've got uh, a bad fuel level sender, you don't. That doesn't get fixed. You know, most people would then say, okay, well, I'm going to put on an aftermarket fuel system. Um, and I need a new sending unit, so when I pull the bed off or drop the tank, I'll do it all at once. Well, it's two birds. You get new level sending, um, fact, 100% OEM scaling. Some of the aftermarket uh, sending units you get out there are correct at empty and full, but in the middle, they're not exactly the same sweeps. And why they do this is beyond me. They're not linear curves or linear lines between empty and full. <laughs> we found that out the hard way. Uh, well we threw one in my truck and it was exactly opposite empty and full and I mean the guys figured it out they were like hey this resistor card is is wrong Um, gotta talk to the supplier but anyways uh, you know I'm tooling down the road and I forgot and they told me and warned me and did everything but put a post-it note on the dash I'm like man this thing's getting great mileage and it's past the full mark like the, the orange needles past the F and I put exactly 34 gallons in that truck. But that's a testament to you're getting every last drop of fuel out of that tank. So That's exactly what I was going to ask you is about the fuel sending unit and also the fuel lines. I know, you know, like running on other kits, running fuel lines can kind of be sort of a pain or if it's a vehicle that's used in a field or in the mountains or whatever it might be and you're getting road debris all the time. How does this do you just do you reuse the factory fuel lines up to the injection pump? Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Yeah, like Chase said, that that truck of his made 800 horsepower to the tires. Yeah. The blue truck, 
and uh, there's there's a point where perception okay yeah we have to have half inch or five eighths lines or whatever some big line mm -hmm. um, but for 800 horsepower if it does that at the tires and we're not just you know a lift pump company we make it all we make the turbo we make the injection pump we can do the tuning spec the you know everything build the so engine. build the engine yeah um, so when we bring this whole combo together and it passes the 800 horse real wheel real wheel test then we're happy with it if it doesn't need bigger lines then there's no reason to replace it. The OEM spent a lot of time and money putting those where they're at and for crash protection and getting them up in the frame rail safe. And we got to think about those kind of things as we become a bigger company. It's like product liability. Um, bad things can happen and some weird situations. And yeah, I think about a fuel sump. Last thing you want to do is go rock crawling with a fuel sump on your, on your, on your truck. Or just yeah. going through a chisel plowed field. Yeah, you get a I corn mean, stalk rip fuel line off. That I mean, in corn country where we're at in Indiana, that's that's pretty common. Farmers, you know, go in and out of side ditches and corn fields and you know, that stuff happens. So we kinda aired the side of, you know, just making the thing super simple and yeah, try to keep keep it simple. I think for the install too, whether it's a shop or or a you know, a truck owner doing it, all these things factor into saving time and getting a quality product on the truck something you can depend on and make the power that you want and that's why we're really excited to chat with you guys about it and the feedback that we're getting as well from just on social media or emails that we get they're like talk you know get get the fleece guys on we want to hear about the lift pumps this one's coming out for my truck and you guys had mentioned the lml earlier and i wanted to just kind of turn it over to you guys and have you tell us about this lift pump system that you guys have for the LML. Well, fortunately, it's basically the exact same as the one we talked about for the Cummins. Um, we still rate it the same power level, even though the motor pretty much will explode before then. He's but, a Duramax uh, hater. <laughs> Just, I don't know. I've, 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 hey, I, I've become to, I've, I like the LML. It's, it's probably the favorite out of all of them for me. Um, you know, in our shop, we get a lot of customers come in, you know, with selling a Cheetah, um, set of injectors, uh, put a 10 mil pump on them, they'll make, you know, 650, 700 horse, which that's about the uh, limitation of where we want them anyway. You know, you get much over that and, you know, you get head gasket problems and, you know, crack a piston or bend a rod, break a crank, you know, there's plenty of things that ail them. Dirt the, uh, hater, listen to yeah. <laughs> So, you know, long story short, like the one that I've, our shop truck that I drive quite a bit, it's, it's got stock injectors, but it's a 240,000 mile truck. But as a cheetah, we tuned it. Um, got a lift pump, 10 mil injection pump, the powerful 750, and that thing's just a ball. We enjoy driving it. it rips. They're great trucks, and, and that's something moving forward. That's going to be a more affordable truck for a lot of people. And you know, when you have a CP3 conversion or something like that getting put on, you know, that's an easy swap. Putting our powerful pump in the tank and you know, they, some guys are like, oh, the stock filter stinks. You know, you need to get something different. Well, a couple ways of looking at that. I like what's going on there. GM's got a nice half-inch high-flow line all the way up there. You know, you've got a factory fuel filter. You can pick it up anywhere in the United States. You don't have to have some sort of special fuel filter for the truck. Um, I'm kind of a maintenance freak anyway. I change the fuel filter every every other time, or every other oil change. So it's like every 10,000 miles, probably more often than some people would run. But... Um, long story short, 
that pump, CP3 conversion, those are just core parts that need to go together. You know, it's a it's an easy easy sell for shops as well. With the now, say somebody you know out there is listening, they're like I just picked up a used LML. I don't really know much about the performance side of it. But what what power level do they need to say go with a power flow pump to be able to get increased performance? Is it about 500 horsepower, 475, maybe, you know, 505, somewhere right in that range where they're going to need to do something like this? It depends on if it's a CP4 truck or a CP3 truck. I mean, a CP3 conversion truck, those trucks have got extra fuel. I mean, they're a high displacement pump than the CP4, so they'll actually go well past 500 on a tune-only truck um, until you run out of air. But you can gain some with a CP4. I, I still think we were getting 510 to the rear tires. That was Dynojet um, numbers, but, but 510, 515. Pump. So it's the perfect time to you mm-hmm. know, put one on it. And Maybe pick up. Well, I mean, this is not a LML, but like when uh, Ben Shaddy was running that, his brand new 2018 Dodge, picked up 15 horsepower across the curve, the whole curve, just with a lift pump. Um, max effort missions compliant too and uh so that was cool but we run a little higher set point pressure lml we run uh, 12 pounds and then uh, i mean we can adjust that set point but it we found that i mean again 800 horsepower to the tire at that setting it's great there is a filter block option if you want to replace your gm filter so we're working on that it's not released just yet but that's something we're working on and um, will be available but uh, I mean that CP4 you know there's a version of that on the 6.7 Scorpion Ford and uh, they seem to have a little less trouble with those and I don't know if it's because they have a lift pump on from factory but uh, that's just one of those things I don't think you can go wrong with putting a lift pump on LML it's uh, one of those key stepping stones to performance on them so got to do it one day, sooner or later and it's a one-time buy like you were saying earlier you're good to 800 horsepower and like chase said what duramaxes blow up what looking at them or yeah i mean it's going to cover all the bases <laughs> no uh I, it's been he's wearing on me man i i'm the duramax guy and he's just i'm driving a ford right now it's crazy well I'm supposed to be R&D, driving a ford right, right now yeah F one fifty with a three liter V six. But how do you how do you like that that truck? It's it's pretty decent. Um, it's got a six inch lift and if you've seen BDS suspensions advertising advertisements lately, that's my truck they're using. Um, creature features, man, those trucks are hard to beat. Uh, this next round of trucks at twenty nineteen Dodge and um, the GM coming out, I'm sure that they'll up their game. But Ford's doing a good thing in the interiors, and they're solid trucks. So Chase is in love with his 6.7 Power Stroke, and we got a lot of parts for those out now, too. Can't wait for that 2020 to get really, or order allocation opens up August 7th. I'm not counting down or anything. Well, you, you can't have two dualies, so. I'm trading one in. <laughs> and they're coming out with a steel piston and a new connecting rod. Come on, this is. Is, this, is, this is that fact? Yeah. Okay. I, Ford released all that data. 36,000 pound <laughs> injection system. Man. 
<laughs> He'll be building Ford pulling trucks before long. I laughed when uh, on social media they, they released it was a 7.3 gas engine, but people just, like, even I saw it, and I'm like, they bring back 7.3? Nope, it's a gasser. That was and, the worst uh, clickbait in the world ever. Like, oh, my God. Seven <laughs> <laughs> <7-3. laughs> Yeah, they waited, uh, or they did it too early. It would have been perfect for April Fool's. Yeah. Uh, 7-3 is back with spark plugs. Oh. <laughs> now, I, uh, I've got a list of questions to throw at you guys that are kind of out of left field because I didn't prep you per se on them, but they're questions from our fans about your product line. And a lot of them go in line with this lift pump system we're talking about. But somebody asked, when are you guys going to release an L5P lift pump for his truck? Well, I'm going to have to, I got so mad at mine, I put it out to pasture. I bought one and the day it came out, I took the ECM off and ripped the cover off and started poking and prodding and playing and GM did a good job on that one. So, um, I got mad at it and put it away. <laughs> but, you know, with uh, in light of recent events, I mean, people are getting some tuning out there, and uh, it's pretty cost prohibitive. So it's we're definitely going to go back to other markets before we explore the L5P. And having said that, the, uh, the in-tank pump on the L5P is run by a fuel pump control module, which is catching... Um, GM land can data requests from the ECM on what pressure set points to be at and what duty cycle and such. So we'd have to see how our system responds. Ideally, if we had the ability to tune that module or change the requests, um, it would be great. We could turn on, we make somewhat of an active pump back there and turn on only one pump when you need it and turn on the second for even more flow and not run a regulator in, in the top of our pump or our assembly Um, but that's more development and I just don't think the market's ready for it yet but it's on the radar but it's not in shooting range yeah well it's it's one of those things too and it kind of fits in line with the LML and this is like the LML it's like hey I've got to get this lift pump on to get to this power level do these things with it it put a cp3 conversion on turbo whereas like the l5p it's pretty stout or it's different, I should say, yeah, than an is. LML where you're able to hit these higher power numbers and you may not need it quite as soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a good fuel system. It's got pretty good amount of air available. I think people are um, getting near 600. 600 yeah, um, but the uh, you know having said that, our direction with the lift pump, we're going to go back. Um, we're going to catch the. Um, we're we're going to release LML because just looking at the data, how many LMLs are on the road? There are just an insane amount of those trucks so it's a great segment in the market then we're going to go back to um what was it uh, 98 and a half yeah vp trucks, VP uh, trucks. 98 and a half to 02, which we're in the process of working on that right now um got to make tank flange for it and do a few other things and you know do some obviously cold weather testing but uh I could, I could see that thing being released this year. So, oh, Jeff's in the corner cringing. <laughs> That's good for me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was actually the next question: is, is someone asked when you guys are going to do one for the VP44 truck? Yeah, there is. There's a big demand. Everybody's been saying, "Hey, there, we can't even get replacement sending units." So if we can get a lift pump and a sending unit all in one unit, it's gold. Mm-hmm. And that's we're definitely going to do it. Um, so that's going to catch your 98 and a half to 02 
guys. Yep. Then we're going to get uh, 04, probably at the same time, uh, 04 and a half, half LOYs up to LMMs, 2010s. Yep. And then, I mean, the Fords, we were we were talking uh, to some guys. They We have the ability to do them. We, this pump is capable of, uh, it's rated to 100 PSI. So 60 pound, um, I think it's six liter range. So um, six, seven power stroke is 55, 60. So uh, this was a 17 and up, has an in-tank pump on the Ford. Yeah, so. that's the thing. We need we need to push the factory unit, see uh, see how far we can take it, and see uh, you know because that's the thing. The stock Ford lift pump will handle six fifty seven hundred horse. You know you got to kind of weigh out. Does it make sense to mess with it? Which we don't know yet. We'll uh, we'll get some data gathered on that and kind of see what we need to accomplish. This next question is really mine. I can't. I can't pretend the listener said it. In, but last time you guys were on, we talked about the power stroke and parts that you guys were going to be working on and releasing for it. And I wanted to kind of circle back around with it and ask you guys, what do you have either out now or that's just coming up for the power stroke platform? Well, we've got the uh, 63 mil Cheetah that we've had out. I'd say close to a year. Um, salesman ran really well. Our uh, buddy Mike Dillahay keeps buying us out of stock. So your buddy Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's listening. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that, that's been great so far. We've been selling a ton of them. Had great uh, great feedback. Everybody's real happy with what the what they're doing for him. Dorian got uh, PSE. He's pretty happy with his. And, um, it's uh, yeah, it's just the one product we have released currently, but. Uh, we've got a few other things on our plate, um, kind of just uh, laying the market out and you know, seeing what, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that have already been done, but we don't want to do it the same way, so I don't know if we want to talk about it yet. I don't want to create too oh, much we stir. Can, we can create some stir, <laughs> but I don't know. It, uh, stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> the, the, the trilogy. The, on the, the Cheetah lineup, that was another question we had is, are you guys going to do a Cheetah for the 98.5 to 02 Dodge Cummins? Yep, got them in stock. Oh, nice. Ready to go. Bet HX35 Cheetahs on the shelf for a long time. <laughs> that was the first one that we ever created as a Cheetah. So I guess if somebody didn't know that's available, that's our sales and marketing department's problem. <laughs> that's that where we're old. sitting right now. So we're digging out. <laughs> um, but no, the, uh, the 98.5-2002 Cheetah, that's, uh, that, that's really been the, you know, the first one we ever made. So, yeah, they exist. One of the coolest things about the Cheetah that for years that I've always heard from people is you retain that quick spool or can quicken it versus stock, but you're able to control EGTs and basically have kind of the best of both worlds. So be able to make the additional power, control the EGTs, but not have a ton of lag with it. And it's been really cool to see that product line take off so much and go into these other platforms where when people talk about wanting a little bit better performance, they're talking about, you know, the, the cheetah lineup and the different options that are out there. So it, it's really cool to see what you guys have done with that. Well, that's one of those things where the turbos, the cheetahs, like torque makes you smile and that instant response and, you know, not making a bunch of heat or smoke or, you know, overfueling early, um, where that, you know, you get a light turbine and a small compressor wheel, 60 small-ish, um, 63 millimeter wheel. 
but it can flow a ton of air. I mean, we're from the sled pulling world and chase, and we've optimized these compressor wheels to where, okay, yeah, 63 millimeters is all we get. Okay, we'll still make 800 horse through it. I mean, we got box stock cheetahs. Like, people accuse Chase's customers of spraying. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's the bottle? And oh, it's like, yeah. here is the turbo. It is the same one that comes out of the box. Fleece has got 100 in stock. <laughs> I'm beating you with a stock turbo or a it's box funny. stock turbo. And I get uh, I get I get messages on Facebook all the time. Hey, uh, I want the same same turbo Trevor Hull has, and I'm like, I've got him on the shelf. I get, here's the part number. No, 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 no really, the, really. I want the one he has, <laughs> and I'm like, this is it. We'll unbolt it and give it to you, and we'll give him a brand new one. He'll he'll love it. It's funny if anybody gets bored look up trevor hall on facebook and look at some of his videos he's got a hell of a stout uh, work stock pulling truck it's pretty neat but it's funny that that turbo has the capability to do what you just said work on your tow rig that's yeah. stock fueling just a tune or you know a little bit bigger injector or you know how many percent over a lot yeah, 350 400 percent over i mean plenty big yeah so four hundred percent over with a sixty-three wheel. It's usually not the combo, but I mean, <laughs> with short duration and fueling it like you're supposed to, like the like if if Cummins wanted to make more power in that engine, they wouldn't drag the pulse width out. They would put a bigger injector in it and look at the whole design. Yeah, and Chase is on. We don't want to give too much away here, but uh, well, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah. Chase but, is on the dyno with a Duramax right now, and what do you call it? Make Duramax is great again. <laughs> We, I got some. I got some stuff up my sleeve. I think it's going to run pretty good. He's like, it's got eight cylinders. I mean, it's it's just it's just wrong. You only need six. Like, just go that, over there and and it has potential. It's just uh, it's it's been one of those things that I'm trying some different uh, some different uh, combustion strategy on it. So we're going to see if that all does what I'm expecting it to do. And that's the thing you don't realize that there all that stuff trickles down into our product development. Every all that knowledge and all that testing and in, in high performance engine development trickles down eventually. I mean, he's over there on the engine dyno, um, you know, testing different injectors and combustion strategies. And pretty much all, November to April, I'm over there playing around and. Uh, it's a it's a terrible job. It's rough. Yeah, he has a rough. The new building. I was just out there. I got mud all over my boots. Uh, it's coming along, but there's four engine dyno cells in that building. So uh, definitely putting a lot of eggs into that basket to you know the high well, power density engine development, and you know that stuff's not going to go away. They keep downsizing engines and um, assembling our little skunk works. We've. Uh, you know, we've been in the truck pulling game for quite a while. It's kind of where we started, especially with the Cheetah Turbo line, and that evolved into, you know, different classes in the uh, Pro Pulling League, 3.0 Smoothbore, Light Limited Pro, whatever you want to call it. Um, that class is basically like Pro Stock in NHRA, and it's all about getting the absolute most power with a limited amount of air, which is a 3.0 Turbo, which is 76 millimeter. But, uh, you know, we've been chasing uh, you know, Hazley machine for, you know, 
five, six, seven years since the beginning, and you know it's been fun. We've we've had some something to shoot at, but uh, you know we finally got the common rails up there where they'll compete with the twelve valves, and you know we had two customers, you know, at the, on top of the podium Friday and Saturday night, so that was huge at, at Shide, I should say. So that was a big deal for us this year. I should shout them out, Jason Wayman, Jordan Kinderman. Congratulations, big deal. We had Jason on over the summer, and he was talking to us about his uh, his truck and and you guys, and it was it was really cool to hear about sled pulling specifically, but then about that truck, and and how happy he was with it. Yeah, he's had a he's had an interesting interesting road to success. He's a he's a great guy. That was a cool podcast. I remember listening to that. He's a good one. One of the, uh, the other questions, Braden, you just touched on, but somebody was asking how the, the new building's coming along and mm-hmm. when do you think you guys are going to be ready to move in? Well, we were hoping to some have some of an open house for UCC. Uh, probably not going to happen. It's I mean, we may drag some people out there and show them, but um, it, we've had a terrible fall and wet winter and just odd weather. Um it's just it won't freeze it's like i said it's like five degrees one day and 50 the next and uh so that's pushed a lot of things concrete especially and we're blasting a bunch of temporary heat into that building but yeah 60,000 square foot building um like an acre and a third under roof and i'm trying to heat it so it's no fun but they poured the second floor slab five inch slab in there and put a lot of our engineering offices and stuff up there and then uh, we're, I was out there helping uh, get some of that stuff ready, prep for the office pour. So once they get that done, it'll really start coming together. All the engine dyno cells are in, which is cool. Um, they're, they're really neat to see. It's going to be a state-of-the-art. And they're safe. They're, uh, what, all? Oh, yeah. 12-inch, grouted solid, full of 5.8 rebar. And you yeah. just try to blow it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to invite Levon over. I'm going to invite Levon and Drew over one day. We're going to put her to the test. We'll all have a great time. We'll do it for fun. the gram. We're going to do it. We're going to do it for YouTube for the hits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, there'll be an ad in front of every hit. Yeah. We'll sit back and pay for that building with YouTube. Yeah, that video. That video blew up on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. The engine or the video? Both. Both, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I saved so the best the bu- question. The building's coming along. Go this, ahead. The guy, I saved the best question for last. And this one, Braden, I think you're going to want to hand over to, to Chase. But this listener asked, when are you guys going to do more 12-valve products? So he's into the dinosaur engine, mechanical injection. Well, I guess uh, we, we do make uh, we make a cheetah for the 12 valve. We make a coolant bypass for the 12 valve. Um, we make a common rail conversion kit for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Actually, we kind of did with Derek Rose's motor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, man. Uh, but all, in all seriousness, I there's a lot of people that do the 12 valve good and well, uh, well, whatever you want to put it. Um, I really don't think we're going to head head down that market um, anytime soon on uh, like fuel system. I don't see us heading anywhere near them. Um, people don't scare me. Um, other than that, I mean, engine work, Freedom, you know, if he needs an engine rebuilt, 
you know, freedom racing engines can handle that. Um, he needs coolant bypass or a turbocharger. We can help him with that as well. So, and I kind of alluded to it earlier. There's people that do that well, and you spread yourself too thin, and you can't be good at anything. Um, yeah, maybe you can, but you just don't want to get too uh, too spread out. Um, we've got our we're known as the the electronics and technical company that tackle the difficult stuff, and um, you know, ninety eight. Well, I mean, VP trucks. We're coming out with that we may explore a lift pump but I, I don't know that's just one of those things i look at it like this you know a guy knows a 12 out he's the guy that hates electronics you know when the when the you know emp hits his shit will still run <laughs> <laughs> you know the uh, you put an electric lift pump on it and now you know it's not bomb proof so well there's no electronics it's just a motor but yeah you know what i mean yeah <laughs> So probably not gonna dedicate much R and D towards the twelve valve, but it, uh, yeah, yeah. Lift pump would be about the only electronic product or, or new product we could adapt to it. Um, yeah, that probably wouldn't be too big a deal to do. Just uh, depends, you know, if the market's there and people want it. You know, we're not afraid to go that route. I guess just have to take a survey, see what they want. Well, I think with our talk today about lift pumps, cheetahs, engines, power stroke stuff, we probably have spawned another 10 episodes that we can talk to you guys and go off into all these directions. And then then we're pulling you guys off dynos and R&D and all that kind of stuff. So we don't want to take up too much of your time. But well, yeah. I think that the talk of a oh, good read. Well, maybe the next one uh, we'll do live in inside the new building. Yeah, that would be cool. I've been I've been following it on social media. I've seen it's. I mean, it's we can we can stream it too. People can watch our reactions, <laughs> see Chase's face. It, it's a very impressive. Build. It's really it's really funny looking. It's definitely impressive, and I think that's it's one of the things that's so cool with diesel performance and seeing it. I have definitely not been around since the beginning, but just seeing how much it's grown and seeing like the building you guys are having and the technology and the ideas that are going to come out of there, it's really exciting as a performance enthusiast to just think of the possibilities. Yep. I mean, it's, I don't know if we said it last time, but I mean, we started as customers. We bought our trucks and we bought the, the first product, performance product. Chase bought a little box from Hazley's at Shide. Yeah, I bought from Patty. Yep. It was a Torque JVD enhancer. torque enhancer. Yeah, and it wasn't And I didn't enough. enhance it enough. <laughs> <laughs> and so we drive up to uh, uh, Fairmount. Van and Patty's place, and you know they sold us a set of and injectors. She, well, if you, if you clip this wire, it'll go up another level, but it's going to wreck your pump. And Chase's like, I don't care. Where is it? Yeah, <laughs> clip them <And>, all. <laughs> and uh, so then it was just enough. But, I mean, it, so, you know, that was 2000, what, three, four? We went from being... It was four. And f- yeah, 2000, summer of 2004. Went from being customers, and then in a few years, kind of started a shop, and then 47 employees, I believe it is now. So, it's been a wild ride. Well, I know the performance enthusiasts out there, the diesel community, they appreciate... All that you guys do and look forward to, you know, what is Fleece coming out with next? What are they doing with this pulling engine? You know, what's going on with this race engine? 
Um, what about this turbo? So it, it's really exciting for us to have you guys on, be able to talk to you about these products. And then also some of the other things you guys have planned this year that, that we you know, feel lucky and fortunate to be able to tell the story and have you, have you guys talk to us. So I, uh, I know you guys are busy and, uh, and everything, but appreciate your time today and the knowledge and giving us an insight into fleece performance and, and what you guys have coming out here you know, pretty soon and what guys can buy right now that's on the shelf. Well, thanks for having us on. I mean, we're, uh, we enjoy it every time we're on and get to uh, talk a little bit more, a little more about everything we've got going. And there's no, sh- the list of development projects or products that we have going. It's is, growing, not shrinking. Oh, no. And but we're executing and getting a lot of them done. I think uh, Jeff just sent a new product release for, what, 5.9 dual pump kits and, um, lots of different SKUs and that blasted out yesterday so good timing with this with this podcast but and we've got one I know that the first comment about uh, that you're going to get or first question is going to be when's the exhaust break coming out <laughs> so I'll just go ahead and say it right now soon <laughs> we've got a bunch of them on on trucks here and uh, doing really well and yeah that's one of those things that uh we may have jumped the gun a little bit by displaying that, but uh, it definitely gauged market market interest well, and we're going to adapt that to as many applications as possible. That'll be huge. Yeah, the exhaust brake, and yeah, that's that's a, there's a big need for that, and it, that'll be it'll be wildly successful. Yeah, it, look, it looks like it's going to be a good one. Don't forget, diesel fans, to learn more or to purchase anything you heard Braden and Chase talk about on the podcast today go to fleeceperformance.com they've got these kits in stock ready to go and they've got a ton of other products as well so anything you're looking to do to your truck those guys can help you out we also want to encourage you to bookmark dieselworldmag.com on your browser stay up to date on the latest in diesel information races especially as we're getting into race seasons coming up here pretty soon those guys are on top of it and for gearing regear your truck get that rpm back help the overall performance of it the drivability Go to www.nitro-gear.com. Check out those guys. Give them a call if you have any questions and need some help. They're more than happy to chat with you. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.